0: Every tailor and textile merchant in Valor knows about Hilgruber Blue. It was a popular fabric dye created by renowned Prussian chemist Dr. Josip Hilgruber in 1891, famed for its rich, dark hues and iridescent sheen that lent garments a certain air of class and distinction. It was favored among the feverite political elite for use in their ceremonial uniforms, and its popularity made Dr. Hilgruber a very rich man in its heyday. Sadly, it was later made illegal in 1904 after it caused a number of high-ranking feverite dignitaries to develop terminal cases of beldam's pox, a degenerative condition that makes the skin take on a paper-like quality before sloughing off entirely. The infection was widely believed to have been caused by the same chemical additive that gave Hilgruber Blue its trademark luster. Dr. Hilgruber, upon hearing the news, shot himself in his Hanover laboratory out of guilt. Now, anyone caught manufacturing, transporting, or using hillgruber Blue is subject to a 10-year stint in prison, subsequent execution via hanging, and also a small, posthumous fine. That does not, however, mean that there aren't people foolhardy enough to take the chance in the name of fashion or monetary gain.
1: Whatever you do, don't let it touch you. It's beyond toxic.
2: Then how come you get the only pair of gloves?
1: Huh. Do I look like I'm made of gloves, Colette? Just help me get it in the van. Oh, also, nobody smoke. It's insanely flammable. You light this up, and half a sarland will be on fire by lunchtime.
2: <sighs> I didn't know anyone still used this stuff. Thea told me it killed her first apprentice.
3: Hot couture often demands sacrifices. Thanks for helping with the barrel, by the way, Tell. Couldn't have done it without you. Well, somebody needed to watch the van. And it's a metal barrel. You ought to have this covered. Magic is still work, and the barrel's still heavy. Couldn't you have just teleported it back in? I can only move myself and something I'm touching. You should know that
2: by now, darling. Oh my, it's right here. You could have just come and touched it. Where are we taking this biological weapon anyway? Because I feel like I'm entitled to some hazard pay for this.
1: Raynard's raiment's in Toria. He's got a shipment of officers' uniforms heading out to Russia in a week. They're a little more loosey-goosey with their textile regulations uh, over east.
2: no expert, but isn't sending a customer a bunch of uniforms that'll make all their skin fall off bad for business?
3: Dead men don't ask for refunds. Here, here. And frankly, my dear, that's Renard's problem, not ours. We need only worry about crossing the border back into
1: Valor. Speaking of, a border guard in Saarbrucken owes me a favor. He'll overlook one barrel of fabric dye with the right encouragement,
0: if you know what
1: I mean.
2: I don't know how someone could possibly miss what that means.
0: And so, Aya and Winterlich General Services made their way back into the Valorian Socialist Republic, where 90 miles separated them from another dirty deed well done. The group stopped in a small but scenic rest area where they could pause for luncheon and a brief rest, while Eisen performed certain special augmentations on the van's rear end. <sighs>
3: Is he still working on that cast iron monstrosity?
2: Yep, sure looks like it.
3: Wonderful, just wonderful. Would you kindly head back there and ask him if he'd like a bratwurst? If you tempt him back inside, I can just floor it to Toria.
2: If only it were so easy. If I ask you what you're working on, is there any hope I'll be able to understand the answer?
1: Oh, aye, this baby is my pride and joy. A turbocharged secondary thruster connected to our main fuel intake.
2: Does it have to be so... ugly?
1: Eh, yay, eh, hey, hey, lay off her, will ya? This is still the prototype phase. Sure, she's not the easiest on the eyes, but if trouble strikes, all we need to do is turn her on and she'll take us anywhere we need to be.
2: I feel dirty after listening to that. Want a bratwurst? <sighs>
1: Nobody appreciates foresight these days. You know, between the three of us, we probably have more people who want us dead than we can count on our fingers. Not to mention all the other things out here that'd kill us just for the fun of it. Having a quick escape system pays for itself in the long run.
0: Aizen was correct on that count. He and Telesphore had made enemies of the Valorian authorities throughout their illustrious smuggling career, and Colette Geiss was wanted for questioning in connection to the unsolved murder of her former employer, Thea De Barry. Not to mention the various malefactors who'd happily see the trio brought to great harm to settle miscellaneous debts. Oh, and of course.
1: Ariadne!
4: What about her? She's literally right there! Huh? Ah! Oh god, she got me! <laughs> I believe you lowlifes have something of mine. I've come to collect. I can't feel my head!
1: Tell! Start the van! What about the worst? Aye! She's right here! Collect! Come here! Let's get you inside! Shit! 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 Whoa!
2: My brain feels like it's moving!
4: Do you really think you can get away that easily? I'll hunt you to the ends of the earth to get my diamond back, Colette. You will never know peace. Peace? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Tell Flore! Oh. oh, you want a chase? I'll give you a chase. <clears throat> <sighs>
0: It bears repeating that, as one of the world's premier fleshcrafters, Ariadne Culver was also a peerless master of shapeshifting. If given a photograph, or even a chance encounter, she was able to reshape her body into a serviceable approximation of any human being on Earth. And as one of the few fleshcrafters who'd figured out the secret of defying conservation of mass, size was no longer a factor. Almost every member of the animal kingdom was also within her transformative capabilities. In this case, she took the form of a large and frightening wolf to pursue the van.
2: What did she hit me with?
3: Considering you haven't vaporized her yet, it stands to reason it was some kind of inhibiting spell for the Kingmaker. But I think the more salient point right now is figuring out how to get away from her.
1: Get your gun! We can shoot her! Hell no! Why not? She's gaining on us!
0: It's true, she was.
1: If you want to shoot a fleshcrafter, especially one like her, it needs to be a flawless kill shot. An old buddy of mine, Golib, lost a hand when he tried to shoot a fleshcrafter, missed the heart, got him in the lung, and they spat the bullet back out at terminal velocity.
3: We could cut our losses and pour the Hillgruber blue on her. That seems to be the
1: most caustic substance known to man. Oh, whoa, whoa, I did not. Give a Perushan border guard a hand job just to put our meal ticket over that witch. Then what do we do?
2: She's right there!
1: <laughs> We've got one last option. We turn on the turbo booster. Oh, heavens no. Didn't
2: you say it was still in the prototype phase?
1: Aye, well, we're all going to be in rigor mortis phase if we don't get here quickly, so I think it's worth a try. Hold on to your bones.
0: Luckily for Colette, Eisen and Telesphore, the Turbo Boost prototype neither fizzled out nor took all of their lives in a terrible yet spectacular explosion. Instead, it exceeded expectations of the speeds thought possible for vehicles in the next 70 years. There were thankfully no built-up areas between the point of ignition and the wasteland wherein the engine finally sputtered out, But sadly, one cow did obstruct the path. The van was, however, so fast that the cow remained intact for three days after this, before realising the magnitude of the injury it sustained, and abruptly, exploding. The numbered days of one unfortunate bovine aside, the group had successfully escaped the cunning surprise attack of Ariadne Culver. Now, it seemed that their greatest obstacle was the onset of severe motion sickness.
2: Nothing! Nobody is meant to travel that (coughs) fast!
1: We're alive, aren't we? (coughs) Let's just (coughs) focus on the positives. (coughs) Positives? Hmm,
3: yes. Yes. Well, it's positively wonderful that the van is far lighter now, considering that your turbo booster just used up all our fuel.
1: All of it? All of it.
2: I'm still getting nothing from the Kingmaker.
1: Probably one of those 24-hour things. Had he wouldn't entirely disable it, that'd make it worthless for her too. Unless she's just a fan of big, gaudy jewelry
3: for its own sake.
2: Okay, here's another positive. We didn't break the seal on the Hillgruber Blue, so... None of us are getting chemically flayed. Yet?
1: See, that's more like it. You could learn a lot from her, Telsey. I'm gonna learn a lot from that So,
2: what's the plan now? We're stranded in the middle of nowhere with no fuel and a barrel of highly illegal contraband. We can't just sit around and wait for Ariadne to catch up and turn us all into puddles of goo.
1: Oh, shut up for a second and let me think. Mm. Tell, did we pass for Hangus on the way over? Hard to say. It's all a bit of a blur. I'm pretty sure we did. And if that's the case, it means right now we're in Grenzrom. If we can push the van a few kilometres west, we can refuel in Schonicht and reach Toria by nightfall to collect our cheque.
2: Schoenicht?
1: Aye, Schonicht. Jewel of northeast valor, the seasoned Valorian motorist's best-kept secret. We can stop by an apothecary for fuel and grab a bite at Muse before we head off. It's perfect.
2: Great, and how far do we need to push the van? Uh, About
1: five or six kilometres, give or take. I'll steer. Like hell you will!
0: And so they set off for the town of Schaunicht, transporting the lump of inert metal that had done the same for them so many times before. Meanwhile, in the artisanal village of Sarabois, Leonid Culver, son of Ariadne, and said by many to be the Don Carlos of the VSR, was receiving tutelage in the private conservatory of the great maestro, Francisco Joaquin Oliveras, a nature sorcerer of some renown.
5: For the eleventh time, boy! We cannot uh, jump straight to pyromancy. Why not? It's what I want to do! Because the last time you tried pyromancy, you incinerated my cat, you nasty little demon. We will stick to rudimentary exercises until I know you have a temperament for the power you hope to wield.
2: Ugh, you sound just like that worthless head doctor mother hired about my episodes.
5: Senor Culver, you haven't yet mastered even basic airflow manipulation. To jump from your stage to pyromancy would be like... I don't know, from a failing to make a fist, to becoming Major General of the Velorian Army. It takes practice.
2: Mother says I am naturally talented.
5: <laughs> Listen, boy. If your mother has told you this, she's either a liar or a fool.
4: A fool, you say?
5: Oh, Senora Culver! Go away, mother. You're interrupting my lesson. My sincerest apologies, senora.
4: I was simply... I have no interest in your excuses, Francisco. You have the privilege of tutoring the future king of valor in your chosen craft. It's what I'm paying you for.
5: Of course, senora. And rest assured, I'm trying my very best. These things, they take time, you see. He doesn't believe in me! (laughs) Rome wasn't built in a day, after all. How is his work on portal conjuring coming along? Portal magic? Senora, he's months, no, perhaps years away from that. Without proper training, the results of even attempting such feats could be catastrophic.
2: Mother. I don't want to learn portal magic. I want to learn pyromancy.
5: So much of this world deserves to
0: burn.
4: It is imperative that my darling Leonid learns how to conjure portals to the Kersaita. It will be vital for diplomatic purposes when he takes the throne. To the Kersaita? But, Senora,
5: that's against the law. It won't be when we rewrite them. Why
2: do we need to open these stupid portals for me to be king anyway?
4: We need Kersaita weapons and troops to support your claim against those feverite brutes. In the potential absence of the Kingmaker, we'll need alternatives. That's why it's so important you do your job well here, Francisco. If you want a place in the new order... I'm trying my best, Signora,
5: but it's your son. He's... he's... un teachable. Hey! He simply does not have the aptitude for the kind of magic you're after. I was told you were the best. All skill has its limits. I'm sorry.
4: No, you're not. Not yet. Wait, wait, Senora, please! No! Oh! Oh!
2: For Christ's sake, Mother, how am I ever going to learn anything
4: if you keep turning
2: my teachers inside out?
4: Leo, sweetheart, please. He was a lousy teacher. We'll find you a better one. One that knows how to work with you. you never let me make my own choices. You can make all the choices when you're king. In the meantime, I need to explore our options. The Kingmaker wasn't the only piece of Kursaita crystal left Earthside. And, in the much shorter term, we'll need a mop.
0: In the intervening hours, with a great deal of effort and more than a few coarse words exchanged, Colette, Eisen, and Telesphore pushed the van to the small Valorian township of Schaunicht. As it was located in the middle of the Grensraum. Colloquially referred to as the middle of nowhere, Schaunicht was largely considered an interstitial stop between more major settlements such as Hunderkopf, Torea, Crystal City and Ankerstadt. Contemporaneous sources described Schaunicht as a charming collection of shops, eateries and inns. Colette Geis had slightly less generous words for the town.
2: This place is a dump.
1: Hey, that's a little harsh. Sure, it's no beau d'argent. But it's, you know, it's, uh, uh, Delzy, back me up here. It seems abandoned. I mean, it's been a while since I last stopped by, and maybe it's just not the place it used to be. A lot can change in a couple of years around here. I don't see why you insisted on bringing the barrel with us. Well, because if someone happens to find it in the van, unattended, it's all of our asses.
2: So we're going with direct possession instead.
1: If anyone asks which they won't, we can lie, and that'll be the end of it. I refuse to leave something this valuable back in the van. One of us could have stayed in the van and guarded it. What, and been a sitting duck if Ariadne came back? No way. The three of us have got to stick together if you want any chance against her any chance.
2: Let's just find the apothecary and leave. This place gives me the creeps.
1: Can
3: anyone else smell... copper?
1: You can feel both your arms, right?
3: No, it's not like that. It's just... it's strange.
2: Don't you think it's odd that we haven't seen anybody? I mean literally anybody. It's 2 p.m. People should be, I don't know, around.
3: There's an undeniably peculiar energy to this place. Something in the air. I can't quite place it.
1: Hello? Hello, hello, hello? Anybody in? What the hell are you doing? I was hoping we could get someone's attention.
2: I guess hope doesn't spring so eternal here.
1: Colette's right, Eisen. We shouldn't spend long here.
2: Glad I'm not the only one getting the vibe.
1: A few hours ago, we were being chased by the scariest flesh crafter in the world. And now, you are decided to get all spooked because this place isn't rolling out the welcome wagon.
2: Look. Kroll's General Goods, Eckert's Tavern, Harmon's Inn. They're not closed, but the lights are off, and it doesn't look like anyone's in there.
3: I feel like we're walking through a cemetery.
0: Admittedly, while I have always done my academic due diligence in collecting verifiable primary and secondary sources for these tellings, certain periods of history are better substantiated than others. It is perhaps appropriate, given what transpired there, that Colette, Eisen and Telesphor's brief excursion into the town of Schaunicht is well, darker than the events that surround it. It wasn't known until recently what exactly happened in Schaunicht and what could have caused the town's entire population to disappear in a relatively brief period of time. And the truth of the matter, as far as any truth can be ascertained here, is likely to provide little comfort.
1: Hey, hey look, Peter! Floyd's apothecary.
2: Veloides? What kind of name is that?
1: One of ours.
2: Yours? As in... neighbors? Is more of you here?
3: There were plenty of us here before the revolution. Mainly merchants, surveyors, spies, and of course the occasional court. When they closed the portals, well, not everyone got back. But even we can't spend a quarter of a century sitting on our hands. People get new jobs, new lives. They move on.
1: And hopefully they won't overcharge you on gas. Let's see.
2: Hello? Hello? Mr. Philoides? (coughs) Man, the dust in here is out of control. And
3: you're sure none of you can smell copper? Just you, big guy.
2: All I can smell is old paper and wood rot.
1: What's a fella got to do to get some service around here? Hello? Perhaps we'd
3: be best off doing a little self-service. We can always leave a few marks on
1: the desk afterwards, out of courtesy. I like your thinking, Telsi. Let's take a look. There's got to be a fuel tank in the back somewhere.
0: And so, the three began to search for Lowades' apothecary for the fuel tank that would get them out of here. The proprietor of the establishment, a good neighbour by the name of Bangerta for had indeed been abandoned on Earth after the Feverite Revolution. Despite initial suspicions from the human locals of Schaunicht, over his years running the local apothecary, he became a beloved member of the community. He is also widely believed to have been the first person in town to disappear. Of course, owing to his ambient magical abilities as a being from the care site, Philoides' apothecary was considerably larger on the inside than it appeared to be on the outside. In addition to the ground floor, there were two subterranean floors. Eisen, who insisted on bringing the barrel of Hillgruber Blue with him wherever possible, gave up on the first basement floor and decided to leave the barrel on the landing. (sighs) Ha
1: <sighs> how much space does one goddamn apothecary need?
3: <sighs> oh, the stench is even worse down here.
2: I can't smell anything. Do you think it's because of that spell Ariadne cast on me?
3: No, no. I'm sure it's just that we have slightly wider sensory spectrums than your folk. It's a blessing in the kitchen, and a curse in dumps like this.
1: Yes, and we're all very proud of you. Let's take a look in the basement.
2: There's like a weird hum down here. Do you think it's a pump, maybe? No,
3: but it can't be what I think it is.
0: No way.
3: Goodness me.
0: In a dingy back room in Philoides Apothecary, the trio found the first portal to the care that any of them had seen in 25 years. Its glowing, incandescent brilliance illuminated the back wall. The only other items in the room were an old leather bound diary and a broken fountain pen, both laying on the floor. Telesphore picked up the diary and began to leaf through its pages
3: journal of bangeter fellowities this is impossible well not impossible but highly highly improbable you think he opened it to go back let's see uh, oh may seventeenth, 1910 i'm getting closer i can feel it i heard whispers through the door last night It sounded like lachrymal, I just know it. Only a few more adjustments and we can be together again.
1: So he had someone waiting for him on the other side? Certainly seems like it. Well, I'm very glad the happy couple got to reunite, but we have a fuel issue. So let's do that before we invade a stranger's privacy any more than we already have.
2: Can't the good neighbors open portals anytime they want?
3: Oh, if only. It's a complicated spell, no matter who's performing it. And unless you have a number of experienced nature sorcerers on the case, it's likely to be... ...imprecise.
1: Not nothing in here.
2: What do you mean it can be imprecise? A portal is
3: just a door between worlds. But Earth and the care side don't map onto each other one-to-one. Perform your spell incorrectly and you might end up a thousand miles from where you intended.
1: Nada, let's keep going.
2: What's the next entry in Philoides' diary? I'm invested now.
3: (coughs) May 19th, 1910. The most amazing thing happened. The door stayed open for a whole 15 seconds last night. I called out to Lacrimal, told her it was me, that I was going to see her again. She called back, told me how much she misses me. I couldn't be happier.
1: One... Aha! Here it is, sweet, sweet fuel. Oh, I come to daddy.
2: Oh, thank God! I thought we were going to get stranded in Shonect.
1: Grab a container and let's get pumping and get the hell out of here.
2: What did the rest of the diary entry say, Tell? Uh, let's see where we
3: left off. Uh... <clears throat> Ahem. I couldn't be happier. One more attempt. That's all I need to open the portal and keep it stable. Her sweet voice. I never want to go another day without hearing it.
1: Ooh, touching. Looks like we're done here. We can make our way topside.
2: Any other entries after that? Oh. What does it say? It
3: just says, wrong door, again and again, for the rest of the book.
1: Oh no.
2: Dear Lord, did all the bulbs just blow?
1: Don't worry, I can fix it.
2: No,
3: don't! Both of you, close your eyes right now! Tell... No, no names. Just close your eyes and listen.
2: Is that Beloyed's? Shh!
0: What are you doing down here?
3: Ah! No matter what, don't open your eyes.
0: I can't help you if you don't open your eyes.
3: Feel along the wall. We need to get back to the stairs.
0: You know, it's dangerous to walk upstairs with your eyes closed. You could get hurt.
1: Don't listen to it. My hands are full with the fuel can. Col I mean, Oi, you, Diamond Heed. Keep hold of my shoulder. I need you to lead me. Okay. It's okay.
3: You can open your eyes now. What? I didn't say that. Open them. It's fine. You're safe. What the hell is going on? Look at me. I want to see your beautiful eyes. Ask me my name.
5: What? Ask me. What's your name?
3: See? It doesn't know. Just keep your eyes closed. If we can get back into the light, we're safe. In the meantime, don't open your eyes, even for a second.
2: I'm opening them now. No! I didn't say that! Yes, I did.
1: Open your eyes. That's not me. It's safe now. We're all safe now. Open your eyes. Just get to the stairs. Don't listen to it. How do we know
0: you're
3: you? The third letter in my first name is L. Now, come
5: on!
0: You look awfully silly right now. Stumbling around in the dark. If only you could see. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes.
2: I found the stairs! Get over here! Follow my voice! Yes, follow my voice. Come over here. No, that's not me! Uh, the first letter of my second name is G!
1: What happens when we run out of letters? Just start climbing. You're going the wrong way. Come towards me. Follow my voice. Oh, that wasn't me. Last letter of my first name is N. What
2: is this thing?
3: Something from the care site. Something very old and very dangerous. Damn it, I should have known the second I smelled copper. Faloides must have let it into your world by mistake. And now we know what happened to everyone else in Scharnacht. The whole damn town. All you need to know is that it can mimic any voice it's heard. It hates bright light and you can't look at it. If you look at it, you're dead. Or worse.
2: He's lying. It's really not so bad.
3: It doesn't even hurt. You can be
2: with the others.
3: They long for company. Get the hell
1: away from us.
2: Time is on my side.
1: Come nightfall, there will be nowhere you can run.
2: Nowhere you can hide.
1: You will be mine.
2: Okay, we're on the landing. That's good. (laughs) That's good, right?
1: If this thing hates light, how could it get the whole
3: town? It must have come out at night after it got philoides. Just went from building to building. When you feel something standing at your bedside in the middle of the night, you wake up and look at it, and that's all it needs. Ah! I said... No names!
1: Damn, Hillgrubber Blue, out tripped over the barrel. (sighs) Open your eyes. The second letter of my first name is I. Fuck right off, you scary bastard. The last letter of my second name is R. We didn't need clarification on that last one.
3: (sighs) I don't understand. Why would it stop at Sharnacht? It would have wanted to keep hunting.
2: This thing, whatever it is, it... Hates light?
3: Can't stand it. It's the one thing that wards it off. In the care side, all our cities have walls, and all those walls are lined with glowing crystals. This monster is why.
2: Well, Shonict is in the middle of nowhere, right? It probably takes more than a day to reach anywhere on foot. By that time, the sun's already up, and it has to hide again. It's stranded here.
1: And now all it's got left is the apothecary honey trap. Of course. But it's okay.
3: All we need to do is get up to the top floor and we're safe.
2: What was that?
1: I broke the (laughs) stairs.
0: The entity encountered by Colette, Eisen, and Telesphore in the ghost town of Schaunicht is spoken of in extremely sparing detail across my research. The only source I could find on the matter is an out-of-print volume titled Beasts and Beings of the Kehrsait by folklorist Franz Dorland, who has since disappeared under mysterious circumstances. I currently believe the cause of the so-called Schaunicht anomaly to be an entity known as the Vuxenir, derived from the Kehrsaita words Vuk meaning voice and Sanir meaning taker, owing to its superlative voice-mimicking abilities. Its closest analogue in our world is a kind of bogeyman figure, though unlike our earthbound equivalents, the existence of the Vuxnir is accepted to be an absolute truth in Kearsighter culture. Even the most powerful of the good neighbors are reticent to speak the creature's name aloud, believing that saying or even hearing it could potentially attract its attention. Only a handful of beings have ever encountered the entity and lived, and a physical description is impossible, as is a description of whatever happens to the people unfortunate enough to see it. How the trio survived their encounter is known to them, and to them alone.
1: Great, we're screwed. It's trapped us. The damn thing's won.
2: All right, good neighbor, you're the expert. What'll hurt more? Shooting ourselves or letting it get us?
3: Give me silence for just a moment. I have an idea. Uncap the Hillgruber Blue. We cannot douse this thing with our eyes closed. We're not dousing anything. I'm setting the building on fire.
2: What? what? You can't be serious!
3: The first letter of my second name is W.
2: Oh, I guess you are.
3: We are not burning the product, or ourselves. If we don't burn our product, all of us are dead. Trust me, uncap the Hillgruber Blue and stand well back. No, don't do
1: that.
2: Don't do it.
1: Oh, I have heard enough out of you. Oh, you don't have to do this.
2: Just open your eyes.
3: It won't even hurt. Open your eyes. eyes. The last letter of my last name is H. Come in close. Get under my jacket and hold on to me. Artificer, hold on to that fuel for dear life. The first letter of my first name is T. T. When the burning starts, hold your breath. I'll cast a basic ward, but it won't hold for long. When I tell you, end only when I tell you, run forward and don't stop running until you feel the outside air on your skin.
0: Understood? Understood. Understood. You're making a terrible mistake. You'll die down here. You'll all die down here.
3: You went through the wrong door.
1: Jesus Christ! That's hot! Oh boy, that's hot! Wait for it...
3: Wait for it... Wait for it... Now! just happened? A pinch of strategy and a heaping helping of blind, dumb luck. I hoped the light from the fire would ward it off into the portal. And as fortune smiled on us, it did. The second I stopped smelling copper, I opened my eyes and took us up to the top floor. The rest, well, you can put it together.
2: Will that thing come back?
1: Doesn't matter. We'll be well out of town by then. All at the cost of our hill-grubber blue. Reynard's gonna be pissed.
2: Guess if you Russian generals get to keep their skins, I think we can see this as a net win.
1: I gave that hand job
3: for nothing. I'll give you one in the van if it eases the pain.
1: Uh a little. So out of pure curiosity, what do we do now?
2: I say we go back to an inn in Hundekamp buy ourselves a room for the night, and some strong, strong, strong drinks!
3: That's something I think we can all agree on, Miss Guys.
0: And so ended their time in the ghost town of Schaunicht. Either nobody has visited the town since, or nobody has visited and returned. Either way, even my own academic rigor draws the line at venturing out there myself. Colette, Eisen, and Tellusfor would indeed return to the town of Hundekopf, where they spent most of what little they had left on comfort and alcohol. Little did they know, Ariadne Culver was in town at that very same time, sitting on the wrong end of a long desk in an elegant, smoke-filled room. I'm sympathetic to your plight, Miss Culver. Nobody likes to lose a treasured family heirloom. I see it happen in my shop every single day, when the deadbeats don't pay up. It's a real tragedy.
4: I knew you'd understand, Mr. Moretz. That's why when my dear departed husband's favorite ornament was found in the possession of some socialist art collector, it seemed only natural to come to you about retrieval.
0: Now, could you describe the item to me again, to assist my men in tracking it down?
4: It's an elegant unicorn statue made of pure kersite crystal.
0: Kersite? Are you sure?
4: As I ever have been. It's of great sentimental value to my family.
0: Which reminds me, uh, there's the matter of my finder's fee.
4: (laughs) I assure you, Mr. Moretz, money is no object.
0: This episode of Kingmaker was written by Henry Galley and audio engineered by Meg Malloy Tutin, with
2: executive production by Henry Galley. Our music comes courtesy of Vivac Arbyshek.
0: This episode featured, in order of appearance, David Alt as the historian, Tekine Azir as Eisen, Blythe Renee as Colette, Josh Rubino as Telesfor, Addison Peacock as Ariadne, Gus Tagarella as Francisco, Zane Schacht as Leonid, and Graham Rowett as Moretz, with additional voices by Jamie Douglas. If you're interested in supporting the show, please follow Pod on Tumblr, Twitter and Instagram, or search Kingmaker Podcast on Facebook and Patreon. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again in two weeks.